Life Talk Radio presents Health and Longevity, the program dedicated to bringing you cutting-edge information and interviews that can change your life. On each edition, nutritionist, registered dietitian, and board-certified anti-aging health practitioner, Dr. John Westerdahl, will show you how to achieve a longer, healthier life using the latest breakthroughs in nutrition, wellness, and lifestyle medicine. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Westerdahl. Welcome to Health and Longevity. I'm Dr. John Westerdahl. On today's program, we will talk with Geeta Patel, a registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, and author of the cookbook, Blending Science with Spices, Tasty Recipes and Nutrition Tips for Healthy Living. We will learn how to include certain herbs and spices in your recipes so that you can contribute to your health and longevity. But before we get into today's exciting topic, let's hear the latest research and news affecting our health and longevity today. Dr. Westerdahl presents the Health and Longevity News and Research Update, bringing you the most pertinent and important information about your health and longevity. Well, here's an interesting article, Eat Broccoli, Not Supplements for Health Benefits. New research has found that if you want some of the many health benefits associated with eating broccoli or other cruciferous vegetables, you need to eat the real thing. A key phytochemical in these vegetables is poorly absorbed and is far less value if taken as a supplement. The study published by scientists at the Linus Pauling Institute at Oregon State University is one of the first of its type to determine whether some of the healthy benefits found in cruciferous vegetables can be just as easily obtained through supplements. Well, the answer is no. And not only do you need to eat the whole foods, you have to go easy on cooking them. The issue of whether important nutrients can be obtained through whole foods or with supplements is never simple. Some vitamins and nutrients, like the folic acid often recommended for pregnant women, are actually better absorbed as a supplement than through food. But the particular compounds that is believed to give broccoli and related vegetables their health value need to come from the complete food. But the reason researchers conclude is that a necessary enzyme called myrosinase is missing from most of the supplement forms of glucosinolates, a valuable phytochemical in cruciferous vegetables. Without this enzyme found in the whole food, the study found that the body actually absorbs five times less of one important compound and eight times less of another. Intensive cooking does pretty much the same thing. If broccoli is cooked until it is soft and mushy, its health value plummets. However, it can still be lightly cooked for two or three minutes or steamed until it is lightly crunchy and retain adequate levels of the necessary enzyme. This new study was published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. It was supported by the National Institutes of Health. So eat your broccoli whole for the best results. Here's a report on caffeinated kids. Nearly 70% of kids experience one or more sleep problems several nights a week, while 3 million are being prescribed medications aimed at curbing attention deficit issues. New research suggests that, once again, the problem may be in the diet. 
children's caffeine intake is far higher than commonly assumed with potentially far-reaching health implications. A study published in the Journal of Pediatrics looked at several survey data on diet and sleep duration for 201 children ages 5 to 12 years. Overall, three-fourths of the children imbibed some amount of caffeine. Average intake among 8- to 12-year-olds was 102 milligrams per day, equivalent to one cup of coffee, which is 28% higher than the recommended guidelines. Even 5- to 7-year-olds consumed, on average, 52 milligrams of caffeine a day, 16% above the limit recommended for that age group. Caffeine intake linked directly to less sleep, resulting in 9% less shut-eye for the older caffeine-guzzling kids. Now, previous research has linked caffeinated sodas with rising blood pressure rates among children, raising concerns about hypertension-related health problems later in life. In addition, caffeine, such as sodas, contain many other things kids don't need, namely tooth-rotting sugar and obesity-encouraging empty calories. Better beverage options include 100% fruit juice, and whole fruit, which is linked to lower body mass indices and higher nutrient intakes among children under age 12, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. So get your kids on a healthier diet now by eliminating caffeine from their diet. Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and longer fulfilled life? Then visit us at healthandlongevityradio.com. That's one word, healthandlongevityradio.com. There you'll find valuable information and resources that can help you achieve optimal health and give you the secrets to longevity. Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com. It could change your life. Welcome back to Health and Longevity. Do you have questions about nutrition, health, or longevity? This is your chance to have them answered. On each program, Dr. Westerdahl will choose a key question from our listening audience and respond to it on the air. Due to the high volume of emails, Dr. Westerdahl cannot personally answer each question on our broadcast. If you would like to submit a question, please go to our website, healthandlongevityradio.com. Once there, you will see a button to submit your questions. And now, the question of the day. And the question for today comes from a doctor. My patients frequently ask me if there are any phytochemicals or antioxidants left in apples, pears, or plums after they have been peeled. Can you help me answer this question? Well, you know, while it's true that there are more phytochemicals and antioxidants in the whole fruits, which includes the skins, you can also get them when they are peeled. Now, the concentration of phytochemicals and antioxidants in peeled fruits may be to a lesser degree depending on the type of fruit. Studies have shown that phytochemicals such as flavonoids, which are found in apples, even pass through to processed apple products like apple juice. So consuming more fruits and vegetables, even peeled or processed, does offer benefits. And now... Health and Longevity's special feature, where Dr. Westerdahl interviews leading experts and personalities on vital topics important to your health and longevity. And our special guest today on today's program, we have Gita Patel, who's a nutrition consultant and a registered dietitian. She is also a certified diabetes educator. 
and she is the author of the beautiful new book called "Blending Science with Spices: Tasty Recipes and Nutrition Tips for Healthy Living." And this new book is actually a book and cookbook that's a vegetarian cookbook, gluten-free, and has Indian recipes. And Gita, thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about you and your background. Tell us about uh, yourself and how you got into nutrition and some of the things that you do. Okay. I grew up in India in a very traditional home environment, and my mother practiced Ayurvedic medicine. Mm -hmm. I went to a boarding school where I spoke English. My family didn't speak English, so I started questioning my mother's practice. It was a vegetarian home, so... There was no um, animal uh, foods in the house, and that's what really led me to studying foods and understanding how they affect the body. Because as a child growing up in India, our medicine always came from the kitchen. It was always some concoction of herbs, spices, and some foods that were put together, and that was the medicine I, I grew up with. So now the title of the book goes back to my roots where I look at um, the science because I studied food, I studied nutrition to understand the effect it had on the body, and um, I've come all around coming back to my roots. So uh, we had talked uh, uh, the other day, and you mentioned that um, as you started studying the science, you, at first you kind of questioned some of the uh, traditions that your your parents might have had with the foods as medicine, but as you studied, you found out that a lot of what mother taught was actually correct. That is correct. I the, What she talked was correct, and as I was studying, I also found out that Hippocrates, the father of medicine, um, also used herbs and spices, actually, for various ailments. Um, so they've been used uh, for approximately, since approximately 5,000 B.C., and um, now science tells us that they're among the richest sources of antioxidants in our food supply. Well, you know, a lot of those early spices actually, uh, you know, they didn't have the refrigeration that we have today. Right. And they needed them as preservatives. Yeah. So they had antioxidant properties, and now we know that we can eat a lot of these uh, spices, and they have antioxidant properties within our bodies. That's correct, and we have we gain health benefits from that. Well, what I'd like to talk uh, with you right now is about, uh, you have a section in your book about health benefits of herbs and spices, and I thought we'd go through some of these different spices that you have listed in the book and kind of, you could share with us some of their health benefits and why they are good not only for for using culinary-wise and cooking, but also for our health and wellness and even our longevity. And one of the herbs you have is called, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, is it Ajwain? Yes, it is, Ajwain, and that's um, the, um, the scientific name for it is Bishop's Weed. And it's interesting, the active ingredient in these seeds is kelin, which increases um, HDL cholesterol, without affecting total cholesterol or triglycerides. And, you know, I don't know about your patients. Most of my patients are struggling to get their HDL levels up because right. um, that's always on the lower side. So here's something you can use as a culinary spice 
that also has health benefits. Now, is this a special spice? It's a seed, and it looks somewhat like a celery seed. Where can you actually get this type of uh, herb? Uh, this type of herb is available in all Asian food stores, and um, otherwise you can order online from the Asian food stores. So now with the Internet, online ordering, it's really possible to get any spice you need. But this one, if you didn't have it, you could substitute oregano because it is actually in the oregano and thyme family. Oh, okay. Why don't you spell that name for us? Um, It's A-J-W-A-I-N. Okay, and it's a seed. What does it look like? Um, It actually does look like celery seed. Oh, okay. It's very tiny. It looks like celery seeds. Let's talk about the other uh, one, and it's... um uh, called bitter melon, and of course my wife is uh, from Malaysia, and we eat bitter melon at our house periodically because Southeast Asia, they eat quite a bit of it. Tell us about bitter melon. Okay, bitter melon is used differently in different parts of the country, but we know that in terms of its health benefit, um, both the fruit and the seeds have been shown to improve uh, glucose tolerance and reduce blood sugar in people with type 2 diabetes. We use it... Um, as a vegetable, stir-fried with uh, sliced onions. Um, Some people put it in a curry or a bean um, dish. Uh, In North India, they even pickle the the bitter melon. In South India, they actually make it similar to the banana chips that you can get. So they're dehydrated chips that they snack on because of the health benefits. Um, It really is bitter. However, once you cook it, the bitterness is not as um, potent and you, when it's combined with other foods. But the health benefits are um, very valuable. Now, it, does it have similar properties to some of the diabetes medication or how does yes, it work? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So people who are taking blood sugar-lowering medications uh, need to check their blood sugars frequently if they're consuming large quantities of bitter melon. Now, yeah. I, I have heard of diabetics uh, who know about this, that they actually have used it. I think they put it through a juicer or something and yes, made a beverage. All, actually, most Indians um, will juice the bitter melon and drink that every morning uh, to get their blood sugars under control and also um, a tablespoon or two after each meal. And you have found this effective with your patients? Um, here, not all of my patients have been willing to try, but those that have tried it, yes. Well, it'd be a lot cheaper than the diabetes medication, I bet. I, I agree, and if you cook it as a vegetable, you have um, a nice way to consume it. Let's look at another one. Let's look at cinnamon, because cinnamon uh, does also, uh, understand, have some properties that can be beneficial to diabetics. Yes, it, it has been shown the cassia uh, cinnamon has been shown to have an effect on uh, blood sugar in humans. These are human studies. And um, so the cinnamon lowers blood sugar, but it also actually has been shown to, because it's um, soluble fibrous uh, uh, fiber, it has an effect on lowering cholesterol too. So uh, same as the bitter melon, people with diabetes taking medication to lower blood sugars um, and if they're consuming a teaspoon of cinnamon at a time, they may need to monitor their blood sugars more frequently. But it, it's a nice way to have your 
take care of the blood sugars and uh, have a positive effect on cholesterol. Now, another herb or spice that's used um, not as much in American cooking, uh, except maybe certain times of the year, but that's cloves. Tell us about cloves. Um, Cloves have a variety of phytonutrients. Now, phyto is plant, so these are plant nutrients. You can only get them from plant foods. And um, the volatile oil is um, very effective in inhibiting platelet activity, and also functions as an anti-inflammatory. So a lot of the garam masalas and spice mix, mixtures that uh, is used in Indian food um, has some cloves in it, but cloves are also used almost daily to uh, bring out the fragrance in um, grains, especially rice. When you're cooking rice, if you, you always put in a few cloves in there to bring out the aroma. Now, an herb that probably uses quite a bit in um, cooking in, for Indian food is coriander, and uh, oh, there's yes. some benefits with that, too. Okay, so we use the seed as well as the leaves. Both are used, and uh, coriander, again, has been shown to lower blood sugar. And um, in India, it's uh, been used traditionally as an anti-inflammatory. Now, science also tells us that um, it has an exceptional phytonutrient content um, flavonoids and um, very active phenolic compounds, and all of these um, contribute to the anti-inflammatory properties. Now, an herb that I find hard to get in stores sometimes is fenugreek. Ah, fenugreek seed. Yes, you can actually get that in the health food stores because they um, have it as a tea, fenugreek tea. Um, Fenugreek is, again, you'll find all the Indians using that to regulate blood sugars, but also has a very... What's interesting about fenugreek is um, we have six different taste sensations. Most of our Western diet focuses on sweet, salty, and sour foods. These herbs and spices actually contribute to astringent, bitter, and pungent properties, and so they stimulate these taste buds. Now, fenugreek has the primary property that it contributes in terms of the taste buds is bitter. However, once it's cooked and prepared, it gives a sweet taste as well as having the benefit of the bitter property. So that's very interesting. But um, fenugreek has been used um, to treat diabetes, constipation, and hyperlipidemia. So that's high cholesterol. Um, it's, we use the leaves, and the seeds can also be sprouted. There's a section in my book that gives instructions on sprouting seeds. Oh, Okay. Um, so we use um, fenugreek seeds in cooking in stuff with the stir-frying vegetables. You can sprout the, the seeds and use it in salads or in stir-fries, and you can use the green leaves of the fenugreek. Now, something that's been used a lot now and pr- promoted quite a bit these days is ginger. Tell us about the yes. healing um, properties of ginger. Okay, ginger, again, has... Um, these anti-inflammatory compounds called gingerols. And traditionally, again, in India, it's been used as an anti-inflammatory. It has been shown to have an effect in reducing blood sugar and blood pressure. Um, So it has um, 
you know, when you look at all these herbs and spices, cumulatively, most of them have an effect, beneficial effect on lowering blood sugar. Today, one of the problems we are facing with is diabetes, obesity, um, insulin resistance, and using more of these herbs and spices in your cooking um, could help prevent some of these uh, conditions that we're battling with. Let's look at uh, turmeric, because that's used a lot in the curries, I know, and, and yes. there's a, a whole bunch of different health benefits related to the it's turmeric. Turmeric, yes, and it has actually been used um, uh, in Chinese and Indian medicine as an anti-inflammatory agent. The active ingredient in turmeric is the curcumin, um, which has the anti-inflammatory properties, and there's also a lot of research done, um, and science has shown that that um, it also can slow down um, the uh, clotting. Um, taking large quantities with medications might affect um, clotting and might increase the chances of bruising and bleeding if individuals are consuming medications. I see. So Along they... with that, taking large quantities of turmeric, um, a teaspoon or two teaspoons at a time, and I've known people do that, then... Um, you need to watch because it could affect clotting and bruising. Well, let's talk about another herb. And, uh, of course, I I spent uh, about two years of my career studying this, and that's garlic. Yes. The active ingredients in garlic are the allicin and the allylpropyl disulfide. Both of these ingredients, um, again, have been shown to improve blood sugar control. So, uh the, uh, the garlic has also um, been shown to increase the insulin levels, so that that's actually a good um, uh, good thing for people with diabetes, where um, you need that insulin to clear the, the blood sugar. So it has that property too, and it's been used for many conditions related to the heart and the blood system, including um, for high blood pressure, high cholesterol and coronary heart disease. So garlic has many health properties. Now, your book, Blending Science with Spices, Tasty Recipes and Nutrition Tips for Healthy Living, of course, has a variety of many different recipes, and these recipes are including a lot of these different uh, herbs and spices in a very flavorful way. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your cookbook, how it came about, and some of the different things that people will see if they were to have your cookbook as part of their kitchen library. Ah, well, the cookbook really came up as a need um, by my patients. I would be spending time telling my patients their main concern was give us, um, you're asking us to eat healthy. We need to increase fiber. We need to eat more plant foods. Um, We need variety and we need something that's tasty but doesn't take forever to cook. So that, there was a need for my patients and that's how it started. Um, Because of our contemporary lifestyles and the chronic diseases that we face, Um, actually begin the uh, first section with asking the question why and answering the question why it's important to feed health with antioxidants so that we can um, lower the inflammation and the chronic diseases. So I start with planning for success, which takes you into the most important room in the house, the kitchen. So we organize the kitchen so that 
um, stock it with basic staples that are time management um, suggestions so that you use your time effectively while you're in the kitchen and some important questions that people might have regarding the food preparation are all answered in the first section. In the second section, there's a, um, an introduction to cooking, which is a very simple foundation to, um, for Indian cooking. And once you master that simple step, then you can be creative and venture out and make more complex dishes. The, every recipe is labeled, whether it's simple or elaborate. And elaborate doesn't mean it's difficult to prepare, but it just means that it may take more time. And so that's why I have labeled every recipe that is simple so you know that it's quick and simple. You can put it into practice. You can cook um, and prepare that recipe. Then the sections are separated by vegetables and salads, the, the yogurt dishes, condiments, beans and legumes, grains. And then there's a section that combines beans and grains for, um, again, if people are interested in making a quick one-dish meal, one-pot meal. Um, that allows you to do that when you're combining grains, beans with vegetables, either in the form of a stew, either in the form of a casserole, um, or a variety of other ways, and then I go into the flowers. But there's a section in that, um, after the flowers, is that it says 5.30 p.m. People come back from work, they're hungry, and what do I put on the table? So that's, that section gives you ideas of uh, soups and one-dish meals that are complete. So you can prepare something quickly and... Um, you know that it's healthy. Well, it's a wonderful-looking book. With how many recipes altogether? Um, I, close to a hundred. This is a great book. And Gita mentioned again, the book is "Blending Science with Spices: Tasty Recipes and Nutrition Tips for Healthy Living," written by Gita Patel, who is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And Gita, if someone wants to get the book, you have a website uh, you can get it at, and we'll also yeah. make it available on our our website at healthandlongevityradio.com. But tell them your website and My your website contact. My website is www. FeedingHealth.com, F-E-E-D-I-N-G-H-E-A-L-T-H, FeedingHealth.com. And the book is Vegetarian, Gluten-Free, and Indian. Okay. Thank you so much, Gita, for being with us today on Health and Longevity. Thank you. And keep up the great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we want to thank Gita Patel for being on our program today. And again, her book, Blending Science with Spices, Tasty Recipes, and Nutrition Tips for Healthy Living. I encourage you to get a copy. We'll be back with a final word right after this short break. To learn more about the books written by our guests and books written or recommended by Dr. Westerdahl in this program, please visit our website at healthandlongevityradio.com. There you can learn how to obtain your copy of these valuable and informative books. Search each page for yourself and see how you can live a happier, healthier, and longer life. Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com. That's all for this week. Until our next broadcast, this is Dr. John Westerdahl wishing you the best of health and longevity. This has been Health and Longevity with Dr. John Westerdahl, a production of Life Talk Radio. 
Join us again next week on the same station and time for health and longevity. The preceding information on this program has been general information about your health and is not to be taken as professional medical advice, nor is it intended to serve as a substitute for medical attention. Do not change your diet or exercise habits without guidance from your medical doctor, especially if you have health problems or are on medication. Do not change your medications without the advice and supervision of your medical doctor. If you have a medical condition, we encourage you to seek the consultation of a medical doctor experienced in dietary change and lifestyle medicine. And as always, we wish you the best of health.